This is Comscope Crosstalk. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Mike Reardon. Now, as I walk around in public these days, be it at the airport, a public street, wherever, I notice people don't look at each other. They don't even try and suddenly look away. No one makes eye contact anymore. Not even the dude I usually see in every mirror. That dude's grumpy. Anyway, today we're talking about IT versus OT. Our guest is Tony Rossi, field application engineer at Comscope. Welcome to the podcast, Tony. Hey, Mike. Great to be here. Awesome. Hey, listen. So I'd like our audience to get to know you as quickly as possible. And I find that something that resonates with people in getting to know each other is the subject of music, specifically people's taste in music. So with that in mind, what would you say is your favorite song or album or band and why? Well, I really don't have a particular favorite. It sort of depends upon uh, perhaps the day or even what uh, what the radio picks up for me. But usually on my playlist, probably in the last week or so, uh, just to give you an idea, it's anything from Linkin Park to Wyclef Jean to the Avid Brothers, uh, Jack Johnson, Ed Sheeran, Pentatonix. Um, I even like uh, a lot of acoustic covers. Uh, if you're ever familiar with people like the piano guys or two cellos that do really cool uh, stringed or acoustic covers of pop songs. So it, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty varied playlist that goes on through there. Yeah, that's a bit of a variety. I like that. I like that. Okay, good. So I think people can kind of see a little bit of consistency there with a lot of variety interwoven. I like it. Good. All right. So you're a field application engineer here at Comscope. What specifically is that? I mean, some people could probably guess, but you know, what is that and what do you do? Well, usually when people ask me, I just say that I'm a cable nerd, <laughs> uh, and which is, for the most part, uh, as accurate as it gets to it. So I'm the technical resource that supports, uh, in my region, the enterprise sales team. So focusing on our enterprise customers, so uh, big high-rise buildings you know, in a big downtown area, uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies that are in urban areas or they have their corporate headquarters and campuses all the way to you know a true campus think of a school or a hospital you know large installations like that so we're not doing small retail stuff even though everybody needs connectivity and then it generally tends to exclude you know our big hyperscale data center type clients uh, but we kind of cross support each other in those patches so if our hyperscale application engineer is located in new york and we have a data center here in north carolina i can go be uh, the, the feet on the ground. Uh, so we're helping with designing uh, new installations or retrofits or hopefully not repairs uh, in the field for new projects. Uh, it could be warranty support. You know, we have a really long 25-year warranty. So if a question comes up 20 years after our partner put the cable in, uh, I'm the person they call and we try and figure it out for them. Okay. All right. Good, good. And so in your day-to-day activities, I'm sure you talk to a lot of customers about um, IT versus OT. We're hearing more and more about that in the industry. So from your perspective, what's the deal with IT versus OT? Yeah, it's it's a lot of back and forth, and it often depends upon uh, who we're meeting with and what their background is, right? So we've been talking about uh, in the industry, as well as you know, here at Comscope, about convergence for quite some time, and and by that, uh, on our physical infrastructure, we're talking about more technologies and more applications moving to Ethernet and IP-based communications. So that would go over our regular twisted pair cable, Cat6, Cat6A cable. The confusion usually comes in 
Uh, is that just our data networks? So just being able to you know, get on our email or access our company's servers for all of our stored files and do work together. Uh, what about the actual building, right? There are things that uh, are more commonly tied into that network. So let's say security, um, lots of cameras, maybe card readers, uh, but those aren't the only connected things in a building. Uh, and for a bulk of my career, after I got out of the Navy, I was managing large uh, critical environments on the facility side. And we have all sorts of subsystems that are connected within the building. So power distribution, cooling, controls, lighting, emergency services. Uh, these are all things that are wired and communicating to each other, but have for a long time been on proprietary topologies, proprietary wiring themselves, and of course, panels and communications. The, the challenge is many people have been pushing towards this convergence uh, to simplify things. And it's not just about one particular product like our CAT6A cable, uh, but it really makes a lot of efficiency built into the built environment for the end user. Uh, so that's why we've been talking about it for a long time is the structured cabling industry, what we've been building our twisted pair cable for, uh, has been ready for this convergence for a long time. And then we've been talking about it so then some people say, well, why isn't it here yet? And I think that's where people are like, what's the deal? You keep talking about it, but it's not fully converged yet. Not fully converged yet. So is it is it not just putting more devices on the same network? I mean, why can't they share the same structured cabling network? Uh, they can. Uh, and that's w one of the points that uh, we try to make when we talk about um, Ethernet convergence um, on, our, on our wired infrastructure. Um, but there's... What I see from our customers and from design firms and you know, feedback from our low voltage partners probably falls mostly into two buckets. One of them would be security. We've have decades of experience building the internal network, again, for traditional email files, et cetera. Uh, and then there's a whole set of cybersecurity that's built around guarding that. Um, but a lot of other things, perhaps security cameras, although that's kind of moved you know, behind the firewall, so to speak. But other things that we talked about already, so you know, building access controls, um, all the thermostat type controls for the HVAC systems, uh, for emergency power and lighting. There's a concern that we can't share that on the same physical network um, or even on the same virtual network, right? So we have LAN, which is the local area network, and there's virtualized VLANs. So there are ways to share the same physical cable, but have it separate data streams that have their own layers of cybersecurity. And I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to attempt to explain those, but I, I know we can do that. Um, but the other thing is access. Um, there's far too many breaches that we've heard about over the last 10 or 15 years that have been sort of ancillary connections, right? So this, this is no secret. The, the t big target data breach that took place probably 10 years ago at this point um, was because the HVAC controllers were riding along the building's network. And unbeknownst to the actual technician coming out to do maintenance uh, for the cooling systems, by connecting to that, I think it was some kind of malware or firmware that was installed on his machine that opened up a door directly into the target's network. And that's what caused that breach. So there's still a concern about, uh, even if it's separate cables that we're using, if they're gonna come back to the same place through the same pathway into a patch panel, 
Uh, do we trust those other vendors that are not our IT security savvy vendors to come in and be that close to potentially opening a portal into our core network? So that, that's one bucket. Uh, the other area of concern that we hear a little bit, and maybe not concern, but uh, confusion or lack of understanding is around remote power. We've been talking about PoE for, again, several decades, and especially in the last five years since the 802.3 BT standard came out that allows you know up to 90 watts running over our twisted pair cable. You know, does PoE solve everything? Uh, and it can. We've been ready for that, but not all the end devices are necessarily ready for PoE yet. They don't have an RJ45 jack in them. They're using some other uh, powering technology, right? That could just be a barrel plug that's coming from an AC to DC converter. It could be uh, a pair of conductors that are going on you know, 12, 24, 48 volt DC. Some of it is uh, not to lay blame on their feet, but some of it is just waiting on the, the device manufacturers that are doing these things. So chiller control panels, uh, fire alarm control panels, sprinkler panels, the access card readers. If they don't have an RJ45 jack in, you know, could they have it? Maybe there's a technical reason they can't, but the structure cabling has been ready, which is why we've been saying, thinking about convergence, even if all the devices aren't quite ready yet is really important, uh, right? Because this structure cabling we're installing in a new building, we expect it to last 15, 20, 25 years of useful life. We'll warranty it for 25. Um, so we expect that most of those devices will move towards Ethernet. Um, so then then what do we do, right? If we weren't planning for it to begin with. Okay, I get it. But um I mean, isn't this kind of a case of if we build it, they will come? I mean, we, we already know what, what we need. We already kind of see what's coming. So what's the hang-up now? It, it is. Uh, I also think of it as, as, as you know, chicken or the egg problem, right? Is it the technology that uh, is pushing the infrastructure, or is it the infrastructure's ability that's pulling the technology? And, and there's no right answer. We, we've certainly tried the uh, build it, and they will come approach before. The zone cabling mindset or architecture has been around for quite some time. And even, you know, two decades ago, Comscope, our more focused version of that was called the universal connectivity grid. So the idea was to take a bundle of connections out to a consolidation point in the floor plan and think about, you know, perhaps it's a 30 meter, you know, grid around this consolidation point. And then we could come out from there in a star topology and have different connections available that would be flexible without having to go all the way back to the closet of the MDF for a lot of reasons. And we, we could dig into that history on, on a whole nother topic one day, but that, that has sort of had these, you know, fits and spurts and hasn't really taken hold, but we're still circling back to that. I think the real reason as we see it is it really comes down to project design and planning, commissioning firms, A&E firms, um, the actual, you know, day two operations teams, you know, have, have lamented this for a while, right? It's very rare that you come into a project where it's turned over on day one and then day two or day 2000, the actual operations team that lives with that system or that network thinks, man, why couldn't they have just done X? In most cases, we'll, we'll generalize here. The answer is because the right people weren't talking to each other and we we weren't thinking through this in the planning phase. There's no technological barrier and in many cases, it's not even always a money barrier that would stop us from being able to do this. So what, what is the best thing for our partners to do when they're sitting in front of their customers 
talking about the future of their network. They're, they're about to design and install a new network for their customers. What should be top of mind? Yeah, asking questions. Because unfortunately, the structured cabling, you know, our, our ecosystem and the partners we support aren't always at the table at the very beginning of designs or early on. So we, we have to sort of influence from behind or from the side. And so to ask an end user, do you have a plan for being able to converge some or all of your OT systems onto our IT structured cabling plan? And if you do, what is it? If not, do you have concerns? Like what's going to happen if we need to run communications cabling to a motor control center and the only pathway is adjacent to line voltage and we really can't do that? We're kind of stuck, but it's a little bit too late, right? So just try and avoid those things. Hmm. We can be a really great resource for that. So myself and my colleagues you know, here in North America and across the world, you know, that's part of our job. You know, our partners can bring us in. We don't have to be there to sell a particular product. We can be there to help um, and ask some of those more pointed questions since we have the experience, in many cases, the frustrations of having to work around a non-converged design. Um, but we're also trying to help maybe design that out a little bit by reinventing the way we look at structured cabling. And so in particular, the Constellation solution we're launching here this summer uh, is a really unique way of trying to take advantage of some new technology, breathe life back into the idea of zone cabling and get a cluster of remote power, remote connectivity, and lots of network connections available in these you know, cells that used to be in the universal connectivity grid or zone cabling approach. We can drop these constellation points in there and have all that flexibility, uh, even more so than just a whole big bundle of CAT6A wires with PoE available. Now we can bring fiber, we can bring 24, 48 volt DC, we can bring AC out there uh, and give them a lot of flexibility. So it's not going to solve every problem. Problem, but it's definitely going to help, uh, especially be ready for the more OT technologies that come onto the network. Uh, the customers probably aren't going to do everything all on day one, and nobody usually gets it right on day one. So having flexibility, for instance, like with Constellation, gives you that that runway to be able to to bring those on without having to just blow it up and have to redo the design yeah. altogether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. So overarching. Engage your local Comscope application engineer. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. And that this whole thing was great. Was good conversation. A lot of good information there, Tony. Fantastic. I really appreciate this. Appreciate you making the time to be here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Love love talking about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have you back sometime. And, uh, and thank all of you for joining us. For more information, please visit comscope.com forward slash insights and scroll down to the enterprise source section. My name is Mike Reardon, and this has been Comscope Crosstalk.